In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs with a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cats. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we're we're Absolute Absolute Dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. Hello and welcome to the Sexy and a Squirrel podcast, the podcast that gives you real life dog training results and some pretty new information. So today, what are we talking about, Tom? We are talking about your dog's well-being or your dog's wellness and and, and really think, getting you to think about your dog like a, a road, roadmap for your dog's wellness. Because if you think about, well, what is wellness and what is well-being? Well, first and foremost... Let's think about health, right? And that tends to be what we tend to all kind of consider and hope for and aim for. And health really is just being free from disease. Whereas you think about wellness and you think about well-being, and actually that's about an optimized state. That's about um, not just um, being free from disease, but actually optimizing quality of life, quantity of life, and in turn preventing disease and making you less prone to injury. And that's really what the goal is. It's that kind of that difference between like survive and thrive and when you when you go for thrive you do also survive so it's all fine now if we think about wellness or well-being uh, and split it into a, a couple of different areas obviously there's the mental and the, mm-hmm. and the mind so the, yeah. the, the mental health or the the mindset yeah uh, and i think we've got that pretty well covered between yeah. training academy sex in a squirrel the free YouTube channel. You've literally got so much out there for your dog's mind. Like that is what absolute dogs do at its best. Like it is covered. I really feel we've got your back here. And I know that so many of you super cool academy students and sex in a squirrel students, you are diving in even more. Some of you Mm. might even be pro dog trainers. So literally you are doing amazing there. How about your dog's body? How about Mm. your dog's health? How about your dog's physical wellness? Because I think that's where we could really concentrate for uh, this podcast, knowing that on the whole, we probably cover more of the mind than we do of actually the physical um, health. So let's maybe start with that body. Let's maybe start with body condition, you know, because body condition's big. Body condition's so important because when when you think about being when you think about your dog being overweight, that makes them prone to certain conditions. Like, you know, the obvious ones that we might think about might be diabetes or might be joint disease just by the fact that actually there's more weight on those joints. And that's kind of the health side of it, the survive side of it. Then you think about, well, what if it were, if they were perfectly ideal body condition. And interestingly, there's mounting research to show that that has a huge impact on the quantity of life. In other words, their longevity. And interestingly, that isn't just towards the end, that isn't just toward, you know, as in their later years. Actually, that is in the first year of their life as well. If you look at um, body condition scores of dogs younger than one year old, and then you um, track their, how long they go on to live for, actually being 
being ideal or even slightly below ideal rather than above ideal in that first 12 months leads to longer life span. And that's where body condition is so important. Now, first thing to, that we probably need to consider is how do you know if your dog is ideal or not? And what we've got for you is a really helpful body condition scoring chart that you can download at absolutedogs.me forward slash B C S. So that's B C S for body condition score, B C S, absolutedogs.me forward slash B C S, and you will be able to download it. Now, I think we just touched on there an area that's massively important. I know we dive deep on this uh, within our, our food badge mm-hmm. um, on uh, the, for those yeah, of you that have program. like dived in a, a little a little mm-hmm. deeper on that. So the food program does cover this, mm-hmm. but just from a, a very basic point of view here you might be looking to actually increase your dog's weight. You mm-hmm. might be looking, like Tom said, to, to consider whether your dog is at their optimum yeah. and, and maybe they need to lose a little bit of weight. But I do think that general weight management within your food, within your wellness, that should be a daily question that you ask yourself yeah. for your dog. So I look at my dogs on a day-to-day basis and I think, oh, actually, you had a little bit too much food yesterday. Or actually, I looked at Blink this morning and I thought, Blink's looking a fraction light. Mm-hmm. She's looking a little light. So this morning she had a marrowbone. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that she's going to get a marrowbone every morning, sadly, for Blink. Mm-hmm. But actually, I think it's that day-to-day, just wake up. Yeah, that awareness. You know, just there, there's so much that you can do. Let's say you notice that your dog's slightly over or over, it, it, way over ideal, whatever it might be. Well, we could increase the amount of calories that they burn in a day. So we could increase their exercise, aka increase their game playing. We could reduce their food, right? That's the, the most simple. We could just feed them a little bit less. Some of you might be thinking, I've got struggles to transform into strengths. I cannot... I cannot lose daily food allowance. Brilliant. Well, how about we increase the amount of fibrous foods that we use? So that indigestible fiber, like you imagine a broccoli stalk, the majority of that is not going to go onto your dog's weight. My favorite thing to use is a a broccoli stalk chopped up or some level of green veg that I can chop up. Um, Anything at all, like cruciferous veg, fantastic Mm -hmm. for adding in. And and Blink just knows that's often part of her treat portion. Like she just eats it, loves it. It's the rehearsal of eating great food and and she knows it's it's a good deal. Yeah, and then the other one that you might want to think about is actually um, the amount of water content in the food. So I remember it used to be thought when I was growing up that if you, you you needed to put weight on your dog, you should put them on wet food. Wet food is like 60 to 70% water. So actually what you're doing is you're taking a great amount of volume, but that does not mean that Any it's going to translate to weight. <laughs> and so utilizing something like one of the AOK9 squeezy tubes that you can get in packs of two from a-ok9.com, put your wet food in there and then use that for your, your game playing or your, you know, your rewarding of choices throughout the day. You've already effectively doubled the amount of daily food allowance that you've got in a day. Or you could think about it as you've halved the amount. So actually now we can start to reduce weight just through the form that we've used. So now let's consider from a wellness point of view, let's consider food and nutrition. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's so many people who are out there saying, don't use this, don't use that, don't use that, don't use that, do use this. This is the only food. And there's so much choice that sometimes we get a bit... I suppose, um, rabbits in the headlights. We yeah. don't know what to choose. Yeah. Now, what we're going to say is, and obviously budget comes into that, mm-hmm. um, especially these days, I think everyone's a little bit more aware at the moment. And I think for me, when we're considering things like this, let's actually go, right, what can we do? Mm-hmm. Let's not worry about what we can't do. Let's yeah. not focus on what we can't afford or we, what, what is not possible for us because mm-hmm. we don't have a freezer or we don't have fridge space, we don't have anything else. Let's go what we can do. Yeah. This is what we can do. So if what we can do is uh, we can do... Um, 
part kibble based. We can do some raw because that's the part of the food that we can either access or afford. Mm-hmm. And then we maybe add a little bit of fresh in the day from veggies that we're having or uh, things that we're having in the home. Like my dogs get fresh eggs mm-hmm. uh, most days. My dogs uh, get some level of fresh mints in Kongs or in, in other things and they get home baked treats. Mm-hmm. That's probably my dog's predominant sort of daily food. Consider what you're giving them and then also consider the addition. So for me to go to a, a pet shop or a, a supermarket and pick up like there's certain like sticks that are like dental that you can pick up and, and use. Mm. For me, they're very expensive. They are um, often full of cheap fillers. Yeah. And when I look at the quality of ingredients, cereal would never be the top of my dog's list mm. to pick. They would certainly be going for meat or um, no. something more substantial than that. And so I try to take out those and I try to add in fresh wherever mm. I can. And I also try to consider um, actually on a day-to-day basis, what are they consuming? I try and look at everyone that might be handing food to them and see what we can do about that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just thinking about that, there's nearly always a, a healthy thrive option for every struggle and focus that you might have like dental care for example probably shouldn't come in the form of a hamburger baked into a stick shape instead it might come in the form of you're you don't you're probably not going to eat your broccoli stalk that you're about to you know the broccoli that you're going to have for dinner broccoli is you know you probably experienced it when you cut it it crunches it's made up of strings when your dog bites into that broccoli stalk that is flossing their teeth then adding plaque K9 from AOK9 to just their daily food allowance, dusting it on there. The transformations that are achieved for that are huge. You save money, whether it be in dental care, future dental care that's needed or expensive stick stick type things from the supermarket and you're moving to a place to thrive rather than survive. And I think the big thing here is literally use your common sense. Look at the packet. Yeah. Look at what's in it and say, is this something really a dog would go out there and... I mean, you look at dogs. They Mm. are definitely not made to go out and eat cereal. Mm. That is not what they're made to do. So if cereal is your number one ingredient, you need to look at it and change. And on the flip side of that, you know, and and Lauren mentioned, you know, there's lots of kind of... um, What should we say? Schools of thought on what you should feed your dog and they're always so extreme in terms of someone will be be very extreme in saying you must feed this and this is the only thing and everything else is bad the reality is that's not true and uh, the passion behind the ancestral dog diet is really quite misled in the um, the ancestral diet of the domestic dog was human feces that they were consuming around human settlements um, and I don't see that coming out of a nicely branded bag anytime soon so I think the key is what how does your dog thrive get a feel for that incorporating variety and um, really having a, a focused approach so if For example, dental care is your focus right now. Well, then explore that and understand that, how you can thrive within that. Okay, so next one, exercise. I think exercise, Mm -hmm. a diet that's wise, there was that whole saying, wasn't there? Mm. Um, And it was literally exercise being so important. Get them moving. Get your dog moving. Now, for me, when I look at exercise and wellness, I want to think about appropriate exercise to the dog. So Mm -hmm. is walking appropriate? Is jogging appropriate? Is sprinting appropriate? Is fast turning appropriate? Is water therapy appropriate? What is most appropriate for your dogs? And I would say balance variety gives them a bit of variety obviously that hits their mind very well but also hits their um, body brilliantly for blink i try and keep her walking more than running when she trots she can often be quite lazy in her movement so i am watching for things like this and if you're not sure about anything like this and you'd like to know a bit more look at the 30 days of fitness program there's an amazing program out there for you you can definitely learn and become an expert in this and for me absolute dogs website you can find out more about it it's literally a game changer when it 
comes to wellness. I'm not going to say more there because I think we've got so much to cover here today, but exercise is massive. And the only other thing that I'd add to exercise is be aware that um, walks are not exercise. Yeah, they're exercise, but that is lots of other things. Exercises. Your, whenever your dog moves, they are exercising. So for and me, so in the house, right? Might, like, be an, might be exercise. Yeah, game, games in the garden. And I think Tom raises a really good point. When we say exercise, I specifically said exercise are not walks yeah. because Blink's exercise might be some Cavaletti. It might be uh, some Thunder, Tornado, Typhoon. It could be um, a little round of recall games. Mm. It could be a little gun, gun dog game in the garden. Mm. There's so much that we can do that are exercise and at the same time they are not mm. walking. Yeah. So I think that's, I, I agree, Tom, completely important. Now, when it comes to wellness, supplementation is pretty high up there. Yeah. Right? Like that is... is And the reason is, is because there's so much evidence for amazing superfoods, right? And yet, realistically, incorporating those into your dog's diet, you know, by by foraging, going to the supermarket and prepping it, it's probably not that realistic. And one thing that is absolutely true of all of these superfoods is it's what you do every day that counts, right? Doing it once every two months probably isn't going to have impact on your dog's overall wellness. And yet in the form of every day it is. And that's where um, concentrated superfoods from really ethical and reliable sources with good um, production values as and, well. And in- good efficacy. We like need our dogs to be able to actually yeah. uh, be able to take these on board. And I think there's so many people that say this is good, that's good. Well, actually, is your dog even able to, to take it on board? Yeah. And that's where um, the supplement range at AOK9 a-ok9.com um, is, I mean, it's a game changer from the point of view of you can give your dog these amazing superfoods targeted to what you need to focus on with your dog right now, skin, gut, um, maybe it's joints. joints, maybe it's brain health, Maybe it's right? hydration. You know what? It doesn't um, matter which. Actually, there's a quiz for your dog, yeah. right, Tom? And all within like a scoop a day, a scoop or two a day, right? That is way more achievable. And it means that you can then do it every day and it's affordable to do it every day. How can someone find the quiz? So if you go to a-ok9.com, I believe there should be a big button that says take the quiz. Yes, take the quiz. So so for us, um, just a couple of uh, examples. Blink is on uh, Prime. It's a wellness supplement. And, and for her, her superfoods. She's on Flexi. She's had a joint um, as a young dog. She had a, a, a real like a slipping patella and then ended up with surgery. Uh, and then she also has Calm Canine Senior. How about one of your dogs, Tom? Uh, if I went for Bet, she is on Flexi Canine. She's on Plaque Canine. She's on Prime Canine. I forgot that she's on Plaque as well. Blink's mm. on Plaque too. Yeah. We were talking about this yesterday because we were looking at their teeth. And they're, they're both like, amazing. Spi- they've got like Hollywood smiles. It's hilarious. And, and the thing is, that is wellness because at the end of the day, that is in in their mouth. Like yeah. that is wellness. Now, because this is whistle stop and we've got a lot yeah. to cover, I would say the next one for me is general day to day care of our, mm. our dogs on a, yeah. on a point of wellness. Lots of you will know I'm very passionate about um, making sure that I, I mean I work sports dogs, so physio care. Mm. Uh, they might have laser, they might have massage, they might have ultrasound, uh, they might have underwater treadmill, they might have swimming, and obviously yeah. these are all with the appropriate professionals uh, where appropriate for you. This is something you can definitely explore. This is something you can definitely find out more about. Uh, for me, massage and being able 
able to look at your own dog and feel your own dog like brave only recently about I don't know six eight weeks ago I said to Matt she's really tight in her neck and her um, thoracics and I, I just knew that she wasn't herself and we've worked that um, just ourselves like learning uh, just how to adjust in terms of not um, that's the wrong word there uh, massage just to make sure we support her mm. she sees professionals and we support her on a day-to-day basis mm. um, she's got a spinal problem so she's probably more extreme than, than you guys listening but at the same time I would say day-to-day there's a lot of wellness and care physio um, chiros osteos like you name it the alternative mm. therapy is out there under the guidance of your vet and, and I think that's important yeah and I you know I think it all starts with getting your hands on your dogs um, Knowing and, them, isn't and it? feeling them and, um, and, and and getting a feel for what's normal uh, because potentially a professional that is judging your dog at a snapshot in time might not might not go down the right path really it's about actually establishing a baseline and then establishing deviations from that baseline which you can do right now by actually having a bit of a feel of your dog i think the next one and i think this is vital 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 is uh, for my dogs I, I never want them injured mm. and i think one of the quickest ways to injure a dog is have them um dehydrated yeah. because if your muscles dehydrated you're way more likely to ping it than you than you would mm. if it was a properly hydrated muscle and if your dog is de- dehydrated they're not able to function as they should yeah. Uh, in in whether that's in training or whether that's in just recall or anything else like if they are dehydrated you know what you're like if you're dehydrated we do not function at our best so yeah. hydration is massive again for my dogs and um, it would definitely 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 be uh, fresh water yeah. all over wherever possible <laughs> so for our in our house we've got bowls in the house we've got bowls outside yeah. and we've also always um got access when we're out and about or we're on the road mm. or um and then in addition to that fresh canine as well yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is a really good example of the distinction between health and wellness because um, your kidneys, as long as they're working properly, will um, maintain health by maintaining hydration, um, by concentrating urine and um, in turn maintaining the, the fluid balance within the body. We all know, however, that even though we have perfectly functioning kidneys that sometimes we can be dehydrated not in the sense of disease but actually in the sense of we've got brain fog we're not moving quite as well as we could we're feeling a little bit tired maybe we're groggy yeah and what we don't acknowledge is that actually it's the same for all animals right um just as um just as we might get a bit foggy and a bit lazy and a bit clumsy our dogs can do exactly the same thing when they're dehydrated and and that's where wellness and well-being comes in that's where optimal water intake through utilizing something like fresh canine and also just general access to water um, and um, actually bet is bet I've taught her to drink on cue because otherwise she's like there are way too many and fun things to do in life right even things like um, for our dogs uh, we have raised water bowls mm-hmm. um, I think we just make them very attractive for them to be able to to see now moving um, I suppose you know what before I move off off water the other thing to consider is some dogs just don't think tap water is cool and mm-hmm. I'm not sure I do some days either so I personally uh, use a lot of outdoor water. Uh, we've got water butts around the site. We've got um, we've got uh, we've, we have borehole here uh, at the farm. And so for me, I do think we need to consider. Is, is your dog making a sensible choice by saying I don't want to drink tap water I, I don't drink tap water myself really around here so much now and well I do because it's borehole but I don't generally when I'm say staying anywhere else and so I do think we need to consider uh, whether that is right for them or not I'm not saying it is I'm not saying it isn't I'm saying just consider it so consider whether that's appropriate for your dog or not now teeth Tom mm-hmm. I think we should talk teeth because wellness yeah. and teeth go hand teeth in hand teeth is a really good example of actually 
thriving rather than surviving. And um, a war, there's so much research in a variety of species, humans and dogs um, especially, that actually dental disease, and that isn't the sense of dental diseases in we've got a, like a tooth through abscess, but the, the condition of a dog's teeth and a human's teeth actively um, predisposes them or not to lots of different conditions from heart disease to diabetes and to skin disease. And so it's one where it might not be one where your vet has actively said, look, let's look after these teeth. And yet it's one that they definitely would love you to and look after their teeth. It's only <laughs> at the point where they're a problem, right, that people come to you as a, as a vet. They kind of yeah, say, often, yeah. oh, now they smell, so mm. it's a problem for me. Yeah. And actually, it was probably a problem for the dog way before they were smelly. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, and the people get the problem when it's a problem to them. Yeah, and that's the other thing to say, that um, dogs and cats, a little bit different from humans, um, if they've got uh, dental pain, that won't show in a reduction in eating. They'll probably eat exactly the same. But what you might find is they develop some behavior struggles, like they become more reactive on walks, or maybe they're a little bit more barky. But it won't be, they won't scream, my mouth is hurting. Instead, what will happen is you will just experience that through a slightly more full bucket, right? Now, um, what can we do about it? Well, what the research shows is that it's the stuff that you do every day that matters. So to teeth brushing, Absolutely. Conditioning your dog's teeth, brushing, brilliant. Be aware that unless you're doing that every day, actually the the, um, the positive effect might not become reality, right? Um, it's like someone said to me, uh, could I put my dog once a month on the treadmill? And that's what I can do. And I said, you'd probably be better to walk your dog mm -hmm. daily on uh, different surfaces in mm -hmm. the house. You could take them through this, that and the other. You could do different um, underfoot mm -hmm. because actually once a month isn't going to make a difference. Yeah. And I think realistically, let's be honest, people on a day-to-day -day struggle with time. Yeah. So cleaning your dog's I, teeth probably yeah. isn't going to hit the agenda, right? I'll be honest, I, I read, when that study came out, I read that as, okay, I'm going to stop brushing them once and, a month. <laughs> and let's use instead, don't panic, we've got alternative solutions. Yeah. Let's use instead um, some level of, of natural brushing, mm -hmm. which I'll touch base on in a minute, and Plaque K9, mm -hmm. because Plaque K9 has all of the things to support uh, great breath and, and great dental health. Yeah. And like Tom said, wellness rather than just, sort of yeah, um, like kelp actually... kelp is a superfood that's within plaque k9 now kelp really important guys don't don't go out and feed loads of kelp because otherwise what you get is iodine toxicity so this is why it's um, vital that you are the the you know that's why that's well, why we create a plaque Tom and k9 I because... work with a, we work with a team of nutritionists mm. and um, a whole panel of us get together and we we also see whether we're happy about that ingredient yeah, and, and we talk it through and it's where actually you've got to get the amounts right yeah and the cool thing about kelp is that it has bacteria that produces an enzyme and that enzyme breaks down plaque right um, and so actually it's an enzymatic cleaner as well as all the other ingredients within plaque canine that all have a different um, all have a different process that combined with natural brushing like your broccoli stalks which is nature's dental floss uh, that nobody told you about um, as well as um, natural chews like your dehydrated um, skins and meats that can be really good for chewing um, as well anything where i've got to be honest anything where that's described as a some kind of stick for dental use that is soft and squidgy. And then when and you look at the ingredients and you look and the number one ingredient is cereal and it kind of looks like the colour of a Big Mac yeah. if you've ever been to McDonald's, and which Tom and I obviously sort have of, never. <laughs> yeah, and sort of like lasts your dog like five seconds. That's probably not doing anything for their teeth. 
right? Whereas if you think about that broccoli store, that every time they bite into it and those strings of broccoli are say, going love, between the teeth. I love watching it. I literally yeah. love it. And the other thing I do, and I don't know if you do this, Tom, but I always take, when you buy cauliflower, you know when you're going to weigh a cauliflower, I used to buy the one with least bits on it. Yeah, no. Whereas now I'm like, give me the most yeah. bits because all of my dogs get one of those bits. Yeah. And it doesn't last them long, but you hear them crunch it yeah. and they crunch it. They really crunch it. Or take a, a, a marrow bone or a filled bone or a Kong or a stuffable. Like mm. for me, stuffing trachea's, they're all still great things for your dog to munch on, mm. but they do last longer than five seconds and they're definitely not filled with cereal. Yeah, exactly. And so again, you know, it's actually really easy to optimize your dog's wellness through their and teeth. Not in and an expensive way. Yeah. I think you can do it in an inexpensive way. And impactful, like Tom said, in, in the sense that to go and have a dental for your dog mm. is goes into the hundreds and hundreds of yeah. pounds, possibly more, mm -hmm. uh, depending on what work he's doing. Whereas, at, and, and a lot of stress, mm -hmm. sedation or full-blown anaesthetic. Yeah. And, and it just depends on um, your dog and how they cope with that. And for me, that can have months of, of, of like ripple effect after that for some dogs. They, mm -hmm. they, it does put them under a different space or into a different space. Um, so, so for teeth, there's a lot, mm. right? There's a lot. Yeah. Plaque canine, bones, chews, teeth cleaning if you want to do it every day. But actually, you've got alternative mm. options there and all very doable. Now, the last one I want to touch base on is just your dog's natural wellness and, and simple routines on a day-to-day -day basis or things that you can do, because obviously, you know, we ditch the routine, but things that you can do on a day-to-day -day basis. And mine is... I used to use um, tick treatments and flea treatments and I looked at my dogs and I was like, hey, <coughs> they've not had fleas in over 10 years. Like I've not mm. seen a flea, like I just haven't seen them. So I don't know why I'm using something preventatively when I know it's maybe chemically and toxic and I'm not sure that's great for my dog or the environment. And then the second one was ticks. Like I don't like ticks. Mm. So I have to use something because I see them a lot. We live in rural territory. We've got sheep everywhere around here. We're, we're very, very farm territory uh, where both Tom and I live. And so ticks they do have, but on a day-to-day -day basis, I wasn't comfortable. And so what I started doing was adding, um, and, and Tom and I were, were, were discussing with our team of nutritionists, what we could do on a day-to-day -day basis that might help our dogs. And I think this is one of the single biggest things I've done for my dogs, which is considering their natural health, not using um, some of the toxics and the chemicals and actually replacing that with a superfood. I don't know if you want to discuss yeah, that. Yeah, because there's a lot of evidence to show that um, certain superfoods actually have a big impact on external and internal parasites. Like, um, for example, um, pumpkin seeds. At the right amount, there's lots of studies to show in mice, sheep, you name it, that actually you can get a 75% reduction in worm burden in individuals over a short time. Take ginger, for example. Ginger, similarly, there's a, a study not that long ago that in just a 10-day period of supplementing sheep with ginger, you got a two-thirds reduction in, um, in egg output of those internal parasites. Um, and so you start to think, hold on a second, there's, there's, a, there's a few layers here. First of all, individual difference. So um, not all dogs are going to respond to the same chemical in the same way. That's just the nature of, you know, dogs um, and humans and other animals. Uh, then you've got a, a mounting problem with resistance um, to your, your common parasite chemicals that are used. Um, so they're no longer working as well and the resistance problem is becoming more and more. Then you've got environmental considerations um, that actually if, if something says don't swim, don't let your dog swim if it's wearing this collar, then actually what on earth is that doing and to the environment? And actually don't touch your dog and consider how you dispose of this. Yeah. Like that for me is like, why can't I touch 
my dog when they've had mm. that on their neck? And actually, how do I need to dispose of yeah. this and why is it so dangerous? And then you've got also that these superfoods don't just have benefits from a, a parasite point of view, but are known to have, and there's lots of evidence for so many other benefits as well. So when we consider, um, I'm looking here at, at, at Bug Canine, mm. which is um, a super cool option for so many dogs. And it yeah. really excites me that, that this option's out there. Pumpkin seeds, black cumin uh, seed, fennel, ginger, cinnamon, fenugreek, peppermint, vitamin A, zinc, selenium, and so much more. And when you consider um, sort of looking after intestinal barriers, when you consider uh, supporting um, the gut and, and um, literally there is so much in here reducing the ability uh, for the parasite to be able to even lay eggs uh, and, and, and making them effectively less fertile. Like there's so much in here that's clever mm. and yet natural. Yeah. Clever and natural and superfood. Yeah. And to, to the idea of giving our dogs more superfoods in an easy way, mm -hmm. for me, is that thing that you can do on a daily basis. So consider the thing you can do on a daily basis. It might be bug canine, mm -hmm. which is obviously brand new and yeah. anti-parasitic and going to change so many dogs and owners' lives out there um, and environmentally support us. Yeah. It could be something as simple as 10% of the food across a week-to-week -week basis. I'm going to try and add some fresh in, mm. fresh food. So I'm going to try and add some fresh food in. It could be add a few extra water bowls outside. Mm. It could be as simple as I'm going to do a, um, a fitness workout from the 30 days of fitness with my dog twice a week. Yeah. And actually, I'm it going to be, get involved too. It could be handle your dog and get a baseline once a day or once a week. It could be weigh your dog or look at their body condition score. We do that um, here at home. We do that every Tuesday and every Saturday. And I know that sounds crazy, but then if we do it Tuesdays and Saturdays, we absolutely know that we kind of, where we are, it doesn't have to be a set time, remember ditch routine, but on the whole, we look at them every Tuesday and Saturday and we go, obviously we look at them throughout the week as well. But for me, I'm like, right, those are days I just assess it. And, and for me, it just makes it really doable. So that's uh, our, our last point. And there's so much more we could cover. We could be here hours, uh, but look at the simple things that you can do on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, we've covered a lot and really what we want you to do is just take a moment to think about what are maybe two things that of the things that we talked about that you could implement because it's you know one thing to know it it's another thing you're going to see the results when you actually implement it. the other thing that would be fantastic because this is brand new there are so many people not yet talking about this this is something that needs to head the field this is something that needs to get out there is share it tell someone about this this is free this is out there this is available this is not going to cost anyone a penny and in fact it's going to enhance their journey yeah. to work it's going to enhance their journey uh, wherever they're going and, and for me, it allows so many owners to become more educated, not just for yourself, for you, for your dog, for other dog owners out there, and actually for the wellness and longevity of dogs. So with that, guys, that was this episode of the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. Share it with a friend or friends. We will see you next time. And remember, stay, stay sexy. sexy. Hey, before you go, have you taken part in the Worldwide Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge? It's a 25-day online video program, huge energy, amazing community, and over 100,000 people are already taking part. The only question is, you know where you are today. Where do you want to be in 25 days from now? Head to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy.